Well, we're starting a brand new series today called Asking for a Friend, and I'm so excited to be going through This is a Church Family. No matter where you are or where you live in this country, no matter what's going on, you can look around and you can see that there are some pretty interesting things going on right now. Many of you in the room remember a time when no one seemed to question the things that are now being questioned, long accepted truths, even by secular worldviews that are now, they're being taught against. Things like gender and marriage, equality, the value of life. And it's, it's going to be my position that questioning these things is never a problem. Because questioning those types of things makes us dig deeper. It forces us to search things out. And it gives us a reason to see what God has to say about most of those things or all of those things. Anything that causes us to run to God is something that we should never view as a bad thing. Now, if I asked for a show of hands this morning, and I will not, of who was rock-solid confident about where they stood and what God said about those things, those issues that I just mentioned a few moments ago, I'd be willing to bet that we would all have some type of work to do today. And that's okay. Things come up that we likely never have thought of before. And sometimes these things come up faster than we could even look into them or even have an argument. So that's why I feel led to speak on this topic so that we're all ready and equipped. Now, many of you have directly asked for help navigating these things biblically for yourself, your family, and for your friendships. And I've done my best to follow God as he has led me. And as I've studied and I've prayed and I've read books and I've read articles and trusted resources on these topics, and I will attempt to provide some direction as to what God says about these topics from Scripture. The topics that we were going to cover over the next five weeks, they can be very difficult and they are for sure controversial. In fact, I guarantee that we will not all have the same perspective as we go through this series. We will not all leave seeing everything the same way, but please hear this. I I really want you to hear this. My heart is to do all that I can to communicate what I see in the Bible with kindness and respect. And as you discuss these topics in your small groups, as you will do over the next five weeks, please remember to be kind and gracious. Because inside of our church family, we have people who have been following Jesus for decades, and we have new believers, people who have been following Jesus for for weeks and even months. We all start off this conversation, basically, at different places with different backgrounds, with different pasts. We all come from different angles that affect how we tend to view things. But sin has been sin since the beginning, and there's nothing new under the sun. But all hope is not lost. We do have every answer that we need through God, and when, we, and when our life lines up with Him and His heart— It always works out for the better. Just read Proverbs and you'll know what I'm talking about. 
this idea of believing and surrendering to what God says about some of the things that we're going to talk about, they can be tough. But it's essential to having a right relationship with him. So if you have a Bible this morning or if you have a device, I want to encourage you to find Genesis chapter 1. In today's message, we're going to, we're going to look and we're going to set the foundation. I'll say it that way. We're going to set the foundation for what we're going to be covering over the next several weeks. And this is super important because all of the cultural issues and the confusion that we are experiencing, all of these things can be navigated through a biblical worldview. Now, there is room for discussion, but that doesn't mean that God has been unclear. So I want you to look with me at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God. This is where everything begins. There is only one who has been here or been there before time even began. And since God, the creator of all things, since, since, that, since God is the creator of all things, that would mean that he has the authority over everything. He has authority over you, and he has authority over me. The creator of anything useful has the right to decide what the purpose is for that thing. He gets to determine how things should work. He gets to define how we should behave. Yet, there can still be some confusion about the details. So how should we behave? What is truth? And who gets to define truth? And who is the final authority? These are all questions that, that I want you to, to, to consider and ponder. Because it's easy for Christians, and I'm one of them from time to time, to stand and yell that God is truth, but do we really believe it, and then do we live like it? What would those closest to us say we truly believe? We see this battle for truth, for authority. We see these things, they're raging in our culture right now. It affects our marriages, our families, our schools. It affects our, our workplaces and our churches. What is right and wrong? Are some lives more valuable than others? Is my identity determined by my feelings? And why does it matter who I love? And if you turn on the TV, or you open a book, or you look at social media, or you listen to most pop culture and music, or you watch a movie, or you read a news article, you've heard all of these questions. And they push all of us to, con to consider not just what we believe, but why we actually believe it. And like I said, I don't think that that push is a bad thing. And by the way, there are, there are some, there, there are all issues that the secular world is speaking into with great authority, or they think they have great authority. And the answer given by those voices is usually something along the lines of everyone can be right. But is that actually possible? If there is one creator and one standard and one authority, can viewpoints that contradict his all be right? 
Now, you may already know what you believe about many things, and that's great, but it's not typical even among Christians. And a lot of where we stand has to do with influence and those who are influencing us. So as we, as we go through this series, my prayer is that we all evaluate our worldview and whether or not it lines up with God's authority. And so what is a worldview? Well, here's the basic definition. A worldview is a particular philosophy of life or conception of the world. Now, every person on earth, it doesn't matter who you are or, or what your background is this morning. It doesn't matter if you're an atheist or you could be a Christian, you could be an agnostic, you could be a good grief, you could be a Satanist, a Mormon, a Muslim, a Buddhist, Hindu. Every single person has a worldview. And if you're hearing this message right now and you don't even, you don't even actually have the luxury of not having a worldview, we all have one. So the question is, what is yours? Our worldview is evident every day of our lives. So how, how do we work out what is right and wrong in terms of our beliefs and actions, especially when we are faced with big decisions? Because really what you're looking for is a source of authority, knowledge, and trustworthiness. The late Pastor Adrian Rogers said in one of the messages that I've listened to, he's a true hero of the faith, he said this about those things. And with authority, he says, authority, who has the right to tell me what to do? Knowledge, who knows what is best for me? Trustworthiness, who loves me and actually wants what is best for me? And here's the truth, if you can find a person or an organization, or a book, or an artist, or somebody that's a celebrity that offers you those three things, that's where you will turn often to make your decisions. And there are so many different places people look to find the answers to these questions. Many do this by appealing to their families, their country, political positions, religion, and their friends and their feelings, entertainment, and sometimes even science. And if we differ in our answer to the source of authority, which is what's often up for debate, we shouldn't be surprised if we're miles apart from each other when we reach a conclusion on any matter in this life. I want you to think of this, and this is going to seem silly, but this will, this will paint my, the picture that I want, I want you to see this morning. Think of a simple, basic choice that you may make today or tomorrow or whenever, whenever you get the craving. How do we decide whether or not we should have a milkshake? I mean, we could choose to listen to our feelings, which are telling us that it would be awesome to have a milkshake because they're really good. But then we could also look to our reason that we're dieting and we should not have a milkshake. Or maybe we're going to make our decision on the fact that, you know, we were brought up a certain way and we're going to pass on the shake because our parents taught us that, that eating too much sugar is not a good thing. Or maybe it's for spiritual reasons. We could be temporarily fasting from milkshakes. So in that one decision-making process, there are several different sources of authority that we could listen to in reaching a decision on whether or not we should have a milkshake. 
And that's just the simple choice of having the milkshake. We haven't even talked about flavors or if it should be from Chick-fil-A or Dairy Queen. And I'm sure that you've all heard the term post-Christianity. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. We're going to hear about it today. It's significant because it's something, it's something that we have to consider when we evaluate the messages that come to us and even into our homes. And this definition makes so much, so much sense when we look at it and as we see what's going on around us. But post-Christianity is when the world in which we live in no longer, is no longer Christianity dominant, but one that has gradually taken on the values and the worldviews of the culture that are not God-centric. Individualism and secularism have become the norm. They've become the focus. But doesn't everyone want an authority that they can trust? So today when it comes to authority, it's challenged by so many different things. It's, it's challenged and it's disputed. But where do we go to look for an, a, a source of authority, knowledge, and trustworthiness as Adrian Rogers has challenged us with already? Where do we go? Me ourselves. It seems so obvious, right? I mean, if you think about these things that we hear so often, and maybe, maybe you, you've said these things, but there are these questions, that no one has more right to tell me how to live than me. Who knows me better than me? And I am the only one that I can trust to know what is best for me. I think we all fight that right there, more than we want to admit. And this is the message of, post, of this post-Christian culture. And it appeals and it speaks right along with our sin nature, which we know we have. It's the easiest answer. But is it good enough? I mean, if we claim to follow Christ, we, we must ask ourselves this question. Who is our authority? Is it him or is it me? Who is our authority? Who is your authority? I really want you to ponder that question. As you think back and as you navigate the decisions that you make so often, is there someone who is the boss in those moments? And as Christians, having a foundation that is firmly in place, it's a must. If we don't have a firm foundation in place, life will get messy and really quickly. We won't always have all the answers ready in our minds, but we can easily go somewhere and be and see God's heart on every matter that we face in this life. Almost every Christian has heard that the, that the Bible is our authority in every area. But hear this, the only reason the Bible is our ultimate authority is because God is the ultimate authority. And so God lists all of these things that he creates in the beginning of Genesis chapter 1. And we're not going to read it, but then down in, in verse 26, he continues with a very significant creation. Something that is created in his very image, and that would be humans. That would be mankind. 
And in Genesis 2, he provides his creation, his people with boundaries. In verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Listen, since I am a part of this creation, it's his creation, by the way. I, and I certainly then don't have the power or the authority to create myself. You didn't create you. God has the right then to tell me what to do, just as he did with Adam and Eve in the garden. And he has the knowledge to know what it is that I should actually be doing, what is best for me, and truly what is best for this world. But why should we trust our Creator to tell us what is really best for us? I think we should because of what He has done for his world. That there is a creator whose goodness can be seen and it can be trusted to want what is truly best for us. That he clearly demonstrated his goodness and that he can be trusted when he came to this world and he died on the cross for the sins of this world, offering us hope and life. And the punchline is simple. The bottom line is God loves you so much more than you could ever actually love you. So today's big question is this. Why is God the ultimate authority? The simple answer, he is the Lord and there is no other. Isaiah 45 makes it really clear. For this is what the Lord says. He who created the heavens, he is God. He who fashioned and made the earth, he founded it. He did not create it to be empty, but he formed it to be inhabited. He says, I am the Lord and there is no other. God created the world, and he has authority over all of it. There's something worth noting about the creation timeline and this challenge that God laid out in Genesis chapter 2. And that's that Adam, he did not question God's authority when God gave him boundaries and principles. He didn't argue that the rules were unfair. But in Genesis 3, something happened. So I want you to flip there if you have your Bibles open. Because we know this to be true. Authority was tested and this is where things, they went very wrong. Because Satan shows up. We just did a series on this back in August. If you want to go back and listen, I would encourage that. But now the serpent who is Satan, the devil, the deceiver, was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. God's most prized creation made in his very image, is now being deceived by God's greatest enemy. And Satan attacks God's authority first in the garden. And the same thing 
is happening today. Genesis 3 continues with the consequences of that decision. Sin would now enter the world, and each of us are born now with a rebellious, sinful nature. So what do we do? What do we do now? Well, honestly, I think it starts with Christians. With you and I deciding that we are going to submit ourselves to God as the authority over our lives. And all of the issues that we're going to discuss in this series, all the different perspectives, God defines them all. First, we who belong to him must decide that God is our authority over every area. What will you do with that thought? Is God the authority over every area of your life? You you have to think through that. We need to make sure that we know what he says and strive to apply those values in every area of life. We have to recognize that when the beliefs and the philosophies of a fallen world are contrary to God, we have to recognize those things, which we can only do if we're spending time with God and his word. Is God our authority? And if he is our authority, will you submit to him? Will you submit to his authority? And I think we all need to take a deep look into our heart and ask this question. Are the truths that I believe and the decisions I make influenced by the one who has the authority to define them? And so as we reflect on this thought of authority today, and as we think about it throughout this week, I want to encourage you to evaluate if you've submitted your heart to his authority. Because if God is our authority, will you submit to him? This applies to Christians, and it actually does apply to those who are not yet Christians. Because even if Even if you would say that you're not a believer this morning, you still have to wrestle with where your authority comes from and what your worldview actually is. So I hope that this conversation or this this message this morning has at least made you think just a little bit. And Christian, when you trusted Christ as your Savior, you made him the Lord of your life. You may not have known that's what you were doing in the moment, but that's what you did. He is now the Lord of your life, and and he didn't ask which areas he was allowed into. Now, that doesn't mean that all people on their salvation journey are fully aware of that fact. And you may be, you might be fighting some of this and trying to figure some of this out. You're still trying to figure out where you land and what you believe. And maybe you're just not yet sure if you believe everything in the Bible. But will you consider submitting to the God who wrote it? To the one who created all things. And I think that's a great place for us to start today. And the God that I know, the God that I have been following for over 30 years, he will work with that. Because if God is our authority, 
will we submit to him? And really it boils down to trust. Will we trust him? Is what he said about all of these things that are, that are swirling around in our culture and in your heart and in your mind and all the voices that are consistently coming your way and all of the information that you're having to process and all of the confusion that is, that is, that is going on around you, really it boils down not just to submission, but to trust. Will we trust that the God who created us is worth submitting to. And that's my challenge for you this morning. I really want you to think about that question. If God is my, not our, because it's easy for us to say our, because we can just lump that into the church world, right? Like, I don't have a problem with this stuff, but he does, and she does. But if God is my authority, will I submit to him? What area of your life have you not submitted to God? What thing is going on in your family that you have not given to God and said, God, I'm going to trust you. I am going to lead my family this way. I don't care what the world says. I'm going to be this type of husband. I don't care what the world says. I'm going to protect my children from this type of worldview. I'm going to teach them what is biblical, what God says, because he has the authority. Not me, not you, not politics, not your favorite musician, not your favorite book, but God. He has the final say. So will you submit to him? And this conversation can go both ways. For the Christian, it's a continual process. As John 3.30 tells us, we must decrease and he must increase. So for the Christian, the challenge today is, will I submit to his authority over me? But will I decide that I'm going to remove me from the equation? Am I going to decrease and allow Christ to increase? Because here's the thing. The issues of gender and marriage and morality and equality, Jesus actually spoke into all of those things while he was on this earth. So they're a big deal. So if you're a Christian, what areas do you need to give him authority over? And if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, then it starts with you realizing that you're a sinner and you're separated from him, but also realizing that he was good enough to come to this world and to live a life that you could never live and that he would go to the cross and he would pay the price for your sin and he would make a way for you to know life and life eternally. Because he has the authority to do that. Because God has the authority to provide a way for you to be saved and to be reconciled back to him and to experience life, not just eternally in heaven, but life here on this earth that is filled with purpose and filled with direction. So maybe you're here this morning and you've got authority issues. And you don't want God telling you what to do you're still going to have to wrestle, wrestle it to the ground 
with what happens when you take your last breath. Because if God is the authority, he makes it clear that in order to be in heaven with him, you have to repent of your sin and believe the gospel. So will you do that? And so maybe you're here this morning and you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to encourage you. I want to, in, in whatever way I can, I want to beg you to consider an answer to the question of, do I know Jesus as my Savior? And if you don't know Jesus, we want you to meet him today. And if you do know Jesus, wrestle that question to the ground this week. If God is my authority, will I submit to him? The decision is yours. The choice is yours. You don't get to pick the ramifications. You don't get to pick the consequences. But you get to decide whether or not you're going to live as though he is your authority. My prayer and my hope is he is your authority and you are living in submission to him. And if not, get someone to help you. Get some accountability. Ask someone to help you as you navigate some of the issues that we're going to navigate over the next five weeks and ask God and ask your friends to walk alongside you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're thankful and we're grateful this morning for the person of Jesus Christ. God, we're thankful for the fact that it can be difficult at times to navigate all that this world is throwing our way. But we have what we need in your word. And it's not just because we say that it's your word. It's because you've said it's your word and you have authority over this world. And so we have a window into your heart. And you have set things up to work a certain way. And when they get out of balance, the world is thrown into confusion. And so, God, I pray that we would be a people who are living in submission to you and, and, and leaning into your authority in our lives. God, we need you. Our world needs you. Our churches need you. Our families need you. So, God, may we be a people who believe that you're our authority and that we will submit to it. God, if there is anyone in this room today that has yet to make that decision to, to follow you, to put their faith and trust in you, to repent of their sin and call on you to save them. God, I pray that today that they would make that right, that they would, they would submit their heart to you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.